Welcome back to the Slutrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. Happy hump day, everybody. I hope you all are having a prosperous week. One of my puppies, Miss Sasha Gray, she had her surgery this week to get all her female parts removed. If you follow me on Instagram at Miss Mothership, you may know that we added an addition to our family. So little Leonardo de Cappuccino is now here, home. He's 12 weeks, 13 weeks now. Um, I made a video on my YouTube channel about introducing him to Sasha and noodles and so far so good, but (laughs) he's already humping everything, including Sasha. And it looked like she was going to go in heat for the second time as a one-year-old, God forbid. So we went and got her fixed and Gosh, having a puppy alone is a lot of hard work, but try keeping a puppy away from a dog that just has surgery while having another dog. So forgive me for not posting an episode um, last week. And, you know, I just needed some time to make sure the family life was safe and smooth. And between trying to make it to the warehouse and just create content, I just had a an overwhelming moment and I never like to create content uh, when it's forced, when, you know, it's hard enough re-watching content and re-hearing content you make, so half the time I don't even do it, but so um, that's kind of what's been happening in my life, and before I recorded this episode today, uh, I got a beautiful message on OnlyFans that I wanted to share. I love when you guys message me. It's interesting. A lot of girls follow me, my OnlyFans. So it's funny when I'm posting content for all the dicks that follow me. And then every now and then I'll try to post some uh, advice for the ladies. And it's it's been excellent feedback. But I got a message this morning along with a gracious tip that said, Good morning, Miss Rebecca Blue. First, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to read this. I've been a huge fan of yours recently because of my wife. Um, I truly respect and admire what you do and how you got here. You are a strong, beautiful woman. Thanks, girl. Never change. I know about a month ago, my wife also wrote you a message when she made the choice to make her OnlyFans because you inspired her and she had to say thank you. You're welcome. She was pretty excited. So why am I messaging you? Never in a million years did I think I'd be exploring my sexuality, kinks, fetishes, and fantasies. But here I am. Life is good. The night when she asked me for my opinion about having her own OnlyFans, it changed our life. To her surprise, I was more than understanding, and honestly, the idea of someone getting off to her turns me on. We are learning so much about each other on so many levels. Watching her love herself more every day is beautiful, and she's liking her bank account. And of course, I benefit in the bedroom. So that made my heart so happy. Maybe that inspires any of you who are a little uh, weary about starting if you have a partner, but you know, this was a really positive experience that I wanted to share. So thank you for that message. It made my day. So in today's episode, this is a long awaited episode about sugaring. Cha-ching. So I got an email. It's uh, from the beautiful Gemma Rose. She says, Queen, do I have a story for you? LOL, I was on and off again sugar babying for three years. I had one long term who I often refer to as my mentor because it was more than just a financial benefit for me. He was also a huge motivator. He pushed me to finish my undergrad. He helped me build a budget and learn how to survive on my own. He essentially filled the parent role in an odd way. He's married now with the kid, but we met before he was engaged. It's truly a wild story. I made the decision to end things this past summer when I realized I know not when I realized I no longer needed his financial help because I was stable on my own and in a killer city with a cute ass apartment. 
I'm totally down to talk about that relationship and my overall sugar baby experiences with others. XOXO Gemma. Whew. So this episode is all about being a sugar baby, how it started, how it ended, and everything in between. So let's welcome Miss Gemma Rose to the show. Thank you for reaching out. First of all, like, I know it takes a lot of courage to just be like, let me take the cat out of the bag. Yeah, because there are so many people that have no idea that I was a sugar baby. So this is kind of like my also coming out to the world. I love it. Do you feel like sugar babying is almost like a gateway into sex work because I feel it's almost like with feet pics people kind of normalize it a little bit more and they're like well if I don't have to do anything with this guy he just sends me money then it's okay if I don't have to be naked or whatever it's okay is was that kind of your first thought or did it just kind of happen unexpectedly ironically it kind of happened as a joke to begin with Um, My long-term sugar daddy, uh, or my mentor, as I typically call him, Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of sick, but uh, (laughs) I actually met him on Tinder. Like, it wasn't even a sugar baby situation, and then we joked about it, and it kind of evolved into it, Um, but I actually started camming well before I then ventured into seeking arrangements, so... Were you on Tinder to meet someone or were you on there to advertise? I was on there to meet somebody instead. I've never used dating sites as advertisement, actually, because I always kept like my personal life and my cam life so separate um, that I never like mingled the two. Most people don't even know that I've ever dated know that I did camp. Really? So yeah. tell me like a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Where are you from? Um, so I'm 28. I am in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, I work in a normal office job, <laughs> nine to five. And then on the side, I do a ton of side hustles because I'm just, why not make money in my free time? How does it feel working that nine to five and doing sex work on the side? Because I find myself included in the industry, not shaming people who do nine to five to each his own. I'm sure 75% of people listening do nine to five. But once you dip your toes into the wealth of something else, it's kind of hard to go back unless it's necessary. But how it like what, where does your heart sit with your nine to five? I love my, my job. Um, I originally wanted to be an attorney. That was kind of my goal and COVID hit. And I was just like, I don't think my mental health can handle law school. Um, so I think it was just kind of, I love my job. (laughs) I really do. And I know I'm very thankful that my boss is very open and free about things. So I think even if it were to come out that I did these things or I'm currently doing sex work, that they would be accepting of it, which I feel like is not normal in a nine to five job. I feel like they're very judgmental. Is it kind of like you get the best of both worlds? The grass is green on both sides? Yes, for sure. Because I'm, I make a really good income from my nine to five and I'm also making a really good income from all of the side things that I do. So I'm essentially in a position where I have two, three, maybe five incomes going in at once. Uh, and it's, it's hard to even consider letting go. Do you get like anxiety if all your eggs are in one basket? Because I had tremendous doubt of myself if I didn't spread out my streams of revenue? Uh, Yeah, I would say so because I've always, even if I didn't do like OnlyFans or any of my sugar baby situations, like I always had two incomes. I just, I have a fear of not having enough Mm -hmm. that concerns me, I think more than anything, which also led me into sugaring because I was, I needed more to feel comfortable. Where does the fear of scarcity come from for you? Uh, My childhood. I definitely was raised lower middle class. I have a single mom. My dad wasn't in the picture, so it was just her supporting. So I think that definitely 
kind of allowed me as an adult to be like, okay, I need to make sure that I have enough income to survive forever. So um, having your mom work so hard, it kind of normalizes work ethic in that scenario. I totally relate to that. Yeah, for sure. So even now I have to kind of remind myself, you know, this is something (laughs) your work ethic kind of stems from trauma and people ask a lot, how do you work so hard? How do you stay motivated? And I'm like, I don't know any other way. Yeah. It's, I think it's almost a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's definitely, you know, life is a battle and you have to protect yourself, you know, especially if mama bear did for so long. Now it's like, all right, here I am in the world. What, what the fuck am I going to do? And when you have the lack of love from uh, a male figure, the second or moment you get it at any other age, you're like, oh, this feels good. And mm-hmm. it hurts me when it doesn't hurt me. But when people are like, oh, you have daddy issues or oh, something's wrong with you. Like, first of all, you don't know unless you've been through that. And there's definitely something healthy about having that kind of like bossy male protective energy around you. And I think if there's a consensual situation where both parties are having a positive impact, I don't see anything wrong with it unless, you know, every situation's different. But myself having a partner that's older, I definitely thrive from having an emotional reaction that was neglected for so long. Can you relate to that? Absolutely. I think that my mentor played a huge role in that aspect. He was filling that father figure um, that I so desperately wanted growing up that didn't really exist. Um, And he was only 10 years older than me. So he wasn't, it's not like he was, you know, 70 or 80, you know, he was younger, well off. And just, I think he also looked at it more as a mentorship as well, just, you know, with a little financial benefit. (laughs) How, like, what was pre, pre-meeting your mentor like? Like, what was the foundation of, like, I know you said you were camming and stuff, but were you introduced, introduced into any other kinks or fetishes or any relationships with a customer before the world of sugaring? Actually, yes. I had one particular customer that was a regular um, on cam. Uh, he was from Canada. And we openly would email back and forth and he'd, you know, I guess it was almost a form of sugaring because I was listening to him and his problems and he was helping me with mine and therapy. Yeah, kind of. It was, it was free therapy and he'd send me like gifts here and there off of Amazon. And yeah, I, I guess I didn't even really consider that that came before the mentor. When that relationship happened, did it feel just like a normal relationship to you or did you have to really put effort into it as if it were a business? Like he'd message you and you'd kind of roll your eyes, you knew it was a job or was it very fun and easy and exciting for you? I think it was definitely on the easier side. It didn't feel forced. And that's something that I feel is extremely important in the sugar world is, you know, if it feels forced, then it's not it's not natural and they're going to be able to tell you're not going to be happy type of situation. And I think that in order for it to be beneficial, it needs to be more natural. Did anything ever, or did you experience anything that made you realize you needed to set boundaries? Yes, I had, uh, I also had a sugar daddy who was a high school teacher and I think that was around the time that I realized that I needed to be more stern with some of my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would just show up. And also I never recommend letting them come over to your house. So hold on. Was that was in person pre meeting your mentor, the, the, my free cams relationships, those were all virtual. And then did something shift to make things physical? Uh, I wouldn't say so because the, Directly after that came the mentor, and that was just a fluke situation. But the regular off of cam, uh, we never met in person. It was strictly just, I don't even think there was like a probability because he was so far away. That's true. So when these Tinder situations come up, you know that they're local. 
Right. Exactly. And same thing with seeking arrangements is that's really local as well. Occasionally you'll get somebody from out of the area, but not a ton. Most of them are at least within the state. Okay. So remind me, did you have practice of sugaring before you found a long-term mentor? Like what, what was your experience like going on seeking arrangements because let's prephrase hold on let's go to seekingarrangements.com let's see what the definition is because they it's like it's for sugaring but they make it as far as the wording let's see seeking arrangements is an american oh sugar baby and sugar daddy dating website founded by mit graduate but they make it I feel like when I went on there, they were like, if you try to do anything off the website and promote yourself as like only virtual, they'll kick you off. Like, yes, they, they would absolutely do that. They would use that, the phrase of like, you still have to do meet in person. Like you couldn't just do virtual. It wasn't an option. Right. And it's, it's interesting how, how it's legal, you know, because if it were, a hey meet me in my hotel room I'll have sex with you for a hundred dollars then it's illegal prostitution but if you have this arrangement where hey we're gonna date and you're gonna gift me money or buy my dinner or buy me gifts then it's legal it's just this ridiculous gray area that shames this direct correlation of meeting for sex versus being in a relationship and being tipped for your time yeah I would definitely uh, agree with that, that it's that gray area can sometimes be a little bit iffy. And I think that's where there's a lot of negative stigma mm-hmm. about sugar babying and being a sugar baby because people see it just as like sex work, which it is, but they, they're seeing it more as, oh, you're, you're receiving money for your time. And usually yeah. sexual favors are involved. The homepage says, upgrade your relationships where beautiful, successful people feel mutually beneficial relationships. So what was the the mutual beneficial relationship with your mentor? Did you discuss the trade-off right from the bat? Like, hey, what do you need? Here's my uh, minimum allowance. What was that conversation like? It honestly just, he was the one who brought it up. I didn't, I didn't set a boundary because I kind of thought that it was a, he was joking in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of the times it feels too good to be true all the time. <laughs> absolutely. And I think a lot of girls get that, um, like picture of, oh, you know, I am going to require a $5,000 a month allowance. Like that's usually not realistic, at least in the Midwest. Uh, I'm sure in Cali and New York and some of the more highly populated areas, it definitely is probably a little bit more realistic, but with the mentor, it just kind of happened where he just started giving me money. <laughs> like he would just leave an envelope filled with money every single time he'd come and visit. Um, and then it became, he would send me money on Venmo mm-hmm. pay for my, uh, legal weed (laughs) in Michigan. Um, And so we used to joke and call him my weed daddy (laughs) because that was pretty much where the money was going was that, or, you know, it was, it was never, I needed it to survive. It was just, it was a nice extra to treat myself. And I think he enjoyed seeing that part of it, of me like getting a few things and spoiling myself because he did see how hard that I worked. Do you think that's what really made you special to him or stand out is that you were so hardworking and, you know, intellectual in a sense? Uh, Because I feel like a guy with money can really pick out any bird from the bunch that he wants. What do you think made that spark for him? I do think it had a lot to do with the intellectual side of things because we did bond on a little bit of a deeper level Mm -hmm. uh, besides the the financial aspect. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I also sometimes wonder if maybe he knew that he was stepping into like that father figure role and he enjoyed that. He pushed me to do a lot of things. I mean, he pushed me to go back to school and finish my undergrad. He was the one who was like, yes, you should go into law. Yes, you should do these things because you are smart. You are worth it. And like he, 
Yeah, I love that. So you, I need the dirty details. What the fuck happened between meeting online and meeting in person? Because I'm not going to lie, that first time of meeting someone in person like that, I know it's different if like you meet someone on Tinder and you go out for a coffee, but having that just adrenaline before you meet someone like was he just like hey let's meet here let me come to your house like did you um screen him before what was that experience like so the mentor I did not screen at all um just because we <laughs> met off of tinder okay. and I went to his house to watch hockey because I'm a huge I live in Michigan so I it's a huge thing so we went to watch the playoffs at his house and he had a nice Audi and I was just like, okay, I was just mesmerized. Um, but Did in- you tell anyone where you were? No, my best oh, bad girl all the time. <laughs> she says that I have no fear um, and she's always concerned about me because I had multiple situations with like sugar daddies other than the mentor where I would go and meet up with them and not tell anybody and she's like, what if you didn't come home? My God. <laughs> Do you have any screening tips now after looking back? Now I would definitely say ask more questions. If they're not willing to answer some of the basic questions like, you know, about your relationship with their wife, because most of them are married, um, or if they don't want to be as open with what they do for work. That's semi understandable, but a general basis of like what field, if they're very secretive, it's probably a hard no. Okay. Do, did you feel like an instant attraction to him when you saw him or, cause I know sometimes, you know, they may not be the type of guy up your alley physically. So I'm, I'm, you know, some people kind of have to fake it to get that bag. Yes. Um, ironically, I was highly attracted to my- You're just a lucky girl. (laughs) I know. It was was a very fortunate situation because these things just don't stumble on your doorstep every day. And I feel like he kind of did, but I'm highly attracted to blue eyes. Um, So his are like piercing blue. And that was, it was just a done deal for him. But I have had to fake it in the past with other sugar daddies so hey sluts just want to interrupt the show with our lovely sponsor of this episode bladesforbabes.com always carry a knife in case there's cake blades for babes products are intended to protect you while also being cute as fuck whether you are starting your collection or just need something pretty to open your packages with blades for babes has something in store for you hand packaged with love every order is infused with bad bitch vibes guaranteed and I highly suggest if you walk to your car from your job, which most of us do unless you're working from home, um, I suggest carrying if it's legal in your state. So check out your local laws before you make a purchase. But there are tons of different knives, different lengths, different styles that you can legally carry. And they also have keychains and other like folding knives that are a little bit smaller for beginners. My favorite item from their site is the kitty keychain knuckles. It's a cute little cat that looks like a brass knuckle. So you can easily put your fingers in it while holding your keys. And when you're leaving the grocery store or anywhere, um, it's just a great precaution to have and makes me feel really safe. So use code SLUT at bladesforbabes.com to get 10% off your first order. Now back to the show. So realistically, if someone was new to this, how would you explain to little baby sugar baby what her expectations should be? I think the biggest thing is not expecting to get that bag right away. (laughs) It can take time. Like, yes, you are exchanging your time for their money, but at the same time, they want to build a relationship. They want to get to know you and know that who they're getting involved with is somebody that they can actually have a companionship with. I hear that all the time. Is they're looking for companionship. So you have to be a little bit more compassionate. And, you know, if you're not willing to have a conversation with them, then it's probably not the best field of work for you to be in. Do you think that virtual sugaring has 
the, the realistic expectations are a lot more difficult because I find myself when I try to seeking arrangements, I put the location in Chicago because it's a very wealthy city. There's a lot of men who travel and just want some quick flings. But I found trying to dance around the law of seeking arrangements and not, you know, you have to like get them off the site before you can explain that you don't meet in person. Cause if you just say that on the site, they'll kick you out. But I found that nine out of 10 times they'd be like, Nope, only looking for physical uh, in person. So to me, virtual sugaring, it realistically is a whole. Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Via Hemp. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Via Hemp's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp, because you deserve nothing but the best, goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout please support our show and tell them we sent you take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from viahemp now back to the show whole lot harder in a numbers game I feel like if you are willing to meet someone in person you already have a bit of the upper hand and meeting on seeking arrangements I think seeking arrangements screens the guys to an extent um I can't recall if they match ID or anything that way if anything god forbid happened it could kind of point back to the site but in your experience did you try anything just virtual before you were okay to meet in person and did you find it harder if they were like, no, it's only in person, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, I would say I did struggle a little bit with it. Like I, there was a time that I legitimately only wanted to do virtual. I didn't feel as comfortable, um, meeting with people for a slight moment, like maybe two months. Yeah. And I just realized there was like no market for it. Nobody, everybody wanted to like meet in person at some point. Like they mm. were, they were fine with keeping it virtual for a short amount of time, but eventually they're like, well, I want to see the goods. Like, I don't, yeah. I just don't want you to just continue to send me pictures. And now we have only fans. So. Mm-hmm. Well, generally what is a sugar daddy's expectations? Because it's like you see all these memes or screenshots on TikTok where they're like, you know, I just want to send you money with nothing in return. And what's your instant reaction to that? Uh, it's a scam. Yes. Scam, <laughs> scam, scam. What Tell you- us about the one and only scam. <laughs> I have one scam in particular that I screenshotted and I put it all over Twitter. I blasted this guy. He was like, I just want, I want to send you like $5,000 right now just for you to be on my arm, but you can do it virtually. I just need to know that I have your confidence and and your loyalty to me. And I'm like, that just, it doesn't. And then he, I played along with it and I tried to see how far he would go before he asked me for like my bank account information. 
And then as soon as he did, he was like, okay, well, honey, I need you to send me $500 and then I'll send you $4,500 and then plus the $5,000. And I'm just like, no, but like, that's the biggest scam ever. Unfortunately, people fall for it. May I interject? I I feel like I recorded this story once and then I didn't post it because I'm so ashamed that I fell victim to the scam. Oh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find in my notebook because I actually had to write down all these numbers in case I thought I was going to go to jail. But uh, same thing happened, met on Seeking. You know, he wanted to get off the site first and I was like, great, I don't have to ask him. And he was so cute, was, you know, really well with his words. And he didn't bring up the scam line until, you know, maybe after a week of texting. And it was like, what did he say first? First, he gave me his bank account info. And he was like, I want you to pay off any debt, any credit cards. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let me choose a credit card. I only have like a $100 payment on So I went into my bank account online and or the credit card site and I paid off the credit card using that bank info and it went through like immediately. So then a few days later, my adrenaline was like, okay, let's try it with a $2,000 payment. And it went through and he was like ecstatic. And he was like, now I really need you to do me a favor. Um, I need these gift cards like I don't know if they were like Google Play gift cards or something. I can't remember exactly, but he was like, you can buy them at Walmart. You can send me the code. And after you do that, like I'll send you this much cash. And that was a clear, clear given that like, why would I give someone like you have money? Why do I need to give you gift cards? Like it was not going to happen, but he was painting it in a picture that it was easy. Like, look, I already paid off your debt. I want you to have like $40,000 in your bank account. He was sending me screenshots of his bank account and I never sent him the gift cards. There was a lot of back and forth. And then my intuition was like, okay, this guy's pushing way too hard. And uh, I was like, then I wanted to screen him. So I'm like, what's your Instagram? Da, da, da. And he got really defensive. Like, you don't believe me. And I was like, bro, send me a photo like with my name on it or holding up three fingers. And he just wasn't about it. So then I said, okay, let's Google image reverse search this motherfucker. And lo and behold, some famous cute little farmer guy shows up on Instagram with like half a million followers. So I DM him and I'm like sending him screenshots of this sugar daddy messaging me and I'm like is this you like he's using your picture and he's like what the fuck this has never happened to me like what are you talking about and I'm like oh god okay he's catfishing me so I send the screenshots of this message I'm having with the real guy um, the guy with the real pictures I send them to the sugar daddy and I'm like this isn't you like what the fuck and then it all like just came crashing down at once I got a call from my bank and they were like hey the payment you use like it reversed because you used a bank account that's been closed so I'm like fuck like none of that got paid off and not to mention I ordered more things on that card because I knew I could pay them off so I'm like fuck I need to return all this stuff and then (laughs) I go on the internet and I type in like sugar daddy scam. And if you type that in, it is all over Google about this fucking gift card scam. And then it, I'm down this rabbit hole on Reddit and it's like, this is bank fraud. You can go to jail. So I immediately call my lawyer. <laughs> you know how embarrassing it is to tell your lawyer like, Yes, I have a boyfriend and he's okay that I do this and this is what happened and now I think I'm embedded with bank fraud and oh my god, he just started laughing and he was like, okay, call your bank right now before any more payments get reversed, try to get them canceled, you know, tell them you entered the bank account info wrong, it was an accident. Um, So I call the banks, but because the payments were already reversed, They said they couldn't do anything. I got hit with like reversal fees. Um, Sometimes you can talk the bank into like 
giving you a grace of uh getting away that reversal fee for like a first time offense yeah I've done that before (laughs) exactly but oh my god I was sleeping with one eye open I was just waiting for a letter from the government like you're going to jail you stole someone's bank information nothing ever came of it but I wrote down like I screenshotted everything I wrote down all these numbers and I just knew if any anything ever happened that I felt like I was a victim in that situation. And I did feel like I was a little too greedy and I learned my lesson that (laughs) learned my fucking lesson. So that is the sugar daddy scam. If anyone ever messages you and they're like, I'll give you all the money. You don't need, I don't want anything from you. Okay. Now send me gift cards. Like bro. Uh, -uh. (laughs) honestly, the Google image reverse is like the best way to actually make sure that you're talking to the right person. <sighs> I was so, so embarrassed. At I least, mean, don't be embarrassed. It happens. I know plenty of people that have had it happen, but it just, it, it does blow my mind that people do fall for it. I know. Even the queen can make a mistake. <laughs> so there might be, I think there's other ways you can screen. You can uh, reverse search IP addresses. You can even go on Spokio.com, type in someone's name, address, phone number, email, social media. It's like $1.99 to pull up more records. But be safe than sorry. Also check their criminal records. Yes. Felons uh... that have like murder charges. Yeah, whenever I'm sending people panties, I will search their address and there's been a time where someone's address was linked to um a guy that was on that show what was that show where like they try to talk to kids and then the guy would go to the kid's house and that old guy would be in the kitchen <laughs> and he's like Mr. Rogers I thought Mr. Rogers was a kid's show oh are you talking about like the predator how to catch yeah 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 Oh, that's scary. Child show. What is it called? To Catch a Predator? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think so. I've never searched any of their addresses. Maybe that's what I'll do this afternoon. Yeah, Chris Hansen, I think is his name. Yeah, that's him. So I literally uh, looked up this guy's address and there was a news article. He was on the... um, he had his record up there. Like he built a relationship with a 14 year old. And then he was, I don't know if he was on TV, but something happened. Like the, the cops set up something for him and it was so weird. I was like, okay, he likes kids. And now he's buying panties from women online. I was like, what's happening? Like we need, I, this, uh, uh-uh, you're not getting any panties from me, but it freaked me out. I was like, this stuff's dark. Yeah. I I don't know what sites you've ever sold off of, but eBand has some pretty wild things on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I sold my IUD. So really, can... <laughs> no, because mine comes out next year. Yeah, if it's the right place, right time, you'll find a a big spender for the weirdest things. Um, anyways. <laughs> Back to sugaring. Yeah, like let's go back to the, the pretty side of sex work. But hey, that's that's the fucking reality. And that's what what these conversations are about is realistic expectations and protecting yourself and learning from those so that you don't have to, you know, walk in the mud yourself. Um so this daddy you had, mentor. What made you start calling him a mentor? Was it his idea or did it just blossom into that naturally? It just blossomed into it. In fact, I don't even think that he realizes that that's what I call him. But I, when I started dating somebody a couple years ago, I was very open and honest with him about everything as far as like the sugaring, the cam, all of that. Um, I had never been open about it with anybody before other than my best friend. So at that point, I was like, okay, to make it less confusing, I'm going to come up with nicknames for the people that were important. And to me, I was just like, you know, he was more than just a sugar daddy. He was also a mentor. And then that's when he, my ex told me that that was very sick and twisted. (laughs) Oh, my mentor. Um, 
but I still roll with it today. So, hey, you know, in any relationship, I think most of the time we're all trying to get something out of it. And naturally, it, you know, we all have friends we call for advice. And if they're going to give you advice and money at the same time, like, why not? Yeah, judge it all you want until someone approaches you with that opportunity. Absolutely. I I mean, it's it's a win-win situation because I'm getting two things where he's getting one, you know? May I ask if you guys did the dirty and if it was good? We actually didn't. The only thing we ever Shut did. Up. I kid you not. The only thing we did was oral because that's my expertise. So what, why, like you do oral and it usually leads to that. Like what, what? I was just, I'm a queen of getting him finished very quickly. So it didn't, it wouldn't even take that long. Not but did you spend the night? No, no. Interesting. So it was really these like coordinated hangouts and leave and like, was it the boundary ever discussed? Uh, as far as not having sex? that and not spending the night once he um once his fiance moved in and they got married that was kind of a hard no um it was a line that I actually put a boundary that line that I put up about not having sex um just because I technically came before the wife so I felt a little weird knowing that I was really then just the side piece that he gave money to did he ever explain to you that he had there was any more babies or it was just you or any before you? I'm pretty sure I was the only one. I don't think I think now I'm not or wasn't. I ended things uh, this past summer with him, but I believe once COVID hit or like slightly before, I think that there were more babies that I didn't know about, which is fine. Could you see yourself with him? Long-term, like in a relationship? Yeah, like no no sugar baby daddy mentor relationship, like full on being with him. Could you ever fantasize about that? In the beginning, yes. I would say towards the end, no. I think I then became toxic. Yeah. Did How did the conversation happen when he said he was seeing someone else? Uh, I actually found out on Instagram. I didn't even know, like he didn't tell me and then it just kind of, then I mentioned it and then that's when he started to open up about it and then all of a sudden he was engaged. (laughs) Did it break your heart a little bit? Kind of, that rock was huge. (laughs) Like that was, it was, like their wedding was extravagant. So yeah, like that, it was kind of sad. It was like I'd put in all this effort, but it then planted even more that it was more of a sugar baby sugar daddy relationship. You know, in retrospect, maybe it worked out the way it did. Cause imagine like five more years of that. I feel like it could have damaged you more mentally, not damaged, but just affected. Oh, I agree. Like my perception on marriage is just out the door because of that. How was the last time you had with him like did you know it was your last meeting or did you just like talk about it over the phone like hey we can't do this anymore like what was the last thing of him that you remember so ironically it was definitely my decision to end things he had come over mid-summer it had to have been like June or July of last year he swung by because he was going to be in the area um, for a business meeting and he came during the day because I was working from home And we were sitting on my couch and I have this jar next to my TV um, where I put my extra money in, like my dollar bills, (laughs) stuff like that. And he made a comment. He was like, oh, is that where all the guys leave the blowjob money? And I'm just thinking, okay, so clearly in the last six months, he, him and I hadn't been communicating because if he would have been paying attention, I'm in a relationship. So I wasn't giving blowjobs out left and right to, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry down the street. It was, it was just them too. That was it. Oh, so you were in a relationship too. Yeah. So, whoa. Okay. Did you tell Bay and how'd you tell daddy? Um, Bay was not very excited about the idea of me still sugaring. 
Um, more so, I feel like he was, he kind of became possessive. We're, we just broke up recently, but. How long were we all together? A year. So okay. not like terribly long. So how long were you with Bay until sugaring stopped? Four months. Okay. So at least like he grit his teeth for a little bit. Yes, he stuck it through. He's supportive in the fact of he knew why I was doing it, both sugaring, all of the side hustles, everything like that. He understood why I was doing it, but he wasn't happy I was doing it, if that makes sense. He found it a little bit odd, but he was still supportive enough to stick around. Was the financial benefit from daddy benefiting Bay at all? To make it a little easier. I mean, yeah, the weed definitely helped. So was it really just like a weed fund or did you ever have like a massive payday? Oh, I had a massive payday. He paid for multiple trips. Uh, What kind of trips? I went to Toronto. Um, I was ironically there when the Raptors won the NBA finals. That was pretty insane. He paid for that entire trip. He also paid for a trip to Chicago when I graduated from my undergrad, I got a Aww. large lump sum. Good. You deserve that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it would have been nice if my tuition was paid off. But <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. Oh, so. uh, that's awesome. I um, I had a friend who got on Seeking and found a really great potential, but he was up in New York and he was like, I'll just fly you up here twice a month. You'll get a thousand per trip. And it was just too nerve wracking for her. But um, I just thought, wow, the if if you have the balls like, you know, or the big pussy energy, it would be so thrilling to like just get on a plane and just enjoy this experience. But again, you have to have a really thick skin to like get through that, I feel like, especially on the first time. Had I not been working a nine to five job. And I, if I would have had more free time available, the man travels all the time for his job. So I would have had more opportunity had I just quit my job, but there's no way that I would have been able to then support myself. Do you ever feel like you'll tell anyone in your family about this experience? Uh, I often think that my mom would be understanding I almost wonder if maybe she may have been a sugar baby back in her day. <laughs> it existed back then. I'm sure it did, but they may have not labeled it anything. My grandma would have a heart attack. Like I, I love the woman, but I, there, I can't tell her anything about sex work at all. How do you feel about the quote? What does it go? Um, that moment you realize you've been sexting guys for free. <laughs> Oh, honestly, it changed the game. Absolutely. As soon as I realized, like, I can get paid for this shit, like, it's it's mind-blowing. That's, like, that's why OnlyFans is just such a goldmine because you're going to send me opportunity, you know? And it's it's the same thing with sugar babying. It's an opportunity. If somebody is going to pay you for your time and you have good conversation with them on top of, you know, maybe some sexual side effects I agree it's all it's like communication talking therapy with sexual side effects (laughs) um were there any guys after him or were you like you know what I'll buckle down in this um relationship real relationship I'm in right now for a while um when I ended things with the mentor I was done I just I think I'd moved exhausted yeah I was moved I moved on to other ventures. And in fact, when I ended things with him, when I, I texted him about it and I said, you know, at this point, I don't need the financial benefit of this anymore. So I just think that there's no benefit for either of us anymore. And, you know, I wished him a good life. And he was like, I'm so proud of you for ending something. And, you know, mentor language. <laughs> absolutely. But I mean, he was right because I had never... I have a problem with not ending relationships in general or with keeping toxicity in my life. And by me cutting that cord with him, that was kind of like a stepping stone of like, Hey bitch, you're powerful. Like you are in control, not him in every situation. 
are you still doing any sex work right now? Um, I do have an OnlyFans and I sell odd things on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Odd things on the internet. I like that. Uh, What would be your firm like do's and don'ts for someone listening and being like, ooh, this is interesting. Like what would be a quick like, here's a good tip. Here's something to watch out for. Uh, The biggest thing I would say is do your research before you jump in. Don't just go blindly. Um, I wish I would have done a little bit more research as to like how to approach it or how to even bring up the conversation of money if they don't bring it up or things like that. Uh, I would say that the biggest don't, don't expect so much right off the bat. Good, good point. So what is next for Miss Gemma Rose? That's a good question. <laughs> I don't really know anymore. I'm I'm considering starting a podcast about my dating life because it's pretty wild. Um, like, but it's it's gonna be better than Caller Daddy. Just yeah. I'm I won't put my opinion out there about Caller Daddy, but it's all it's mostly fake. That's the problem. My best friend made a good point about it she said I have real world experience where that particular podcast doesn't well I think they do have a great um the audience they're targeting to they're definitely giving content for them oh for sure. so so where can we find Gemma Rose would you like to link your OnlyFans or plug yourself in any way yeah actually if you go to dailyho.com uh, that will link that that goes straight to my OnlyFans, and then I'm also on Twitter at daily underscore ho. How did you come up with that? That's brilliant. <laughs> on the Toronto trip, I was with one of my really good friends, and we were just talking about all of our trauma and whatnot, and all of our sexual experiences. And she was like, "Let's start a Twitter account and just openly talk about it, since we can't do a podcast." And yeah. We sat there and just started thinking about ho, slut, like every word possible. And then she was like, daily ho. It's like the daily mail. That is so genius. And I, it's so important now more than ever, if you have a link in your bio to make a dot com that forwards to it so that the stupid algorithm bots from hell don't find that you have a a link tree with an OnlyFans and take your account down. So kudos on doing that. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That is definitely important. And it's so cheap to do it. I mean, it's, you're going to pay less than $20 for the year just to buy a .com. So small investment, big return. Well, you're a smart cookie. I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for sharing your valuable experience. Uh, it was really fun to go down memory lane. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to do this. So Thanks again for coming on the show and we'll see everybody next week. Bye.